Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we are ready to bring you another exciting program here at the Catholic Cafe. We cooked up something really good for you. We got um, we have a, a, a neat guest here. Uh, now, I will just note that Tom Dorian's not here uh, because we were going to have an intellectual conversation, and I didn't want Tom to come <laughs> along for the ride because I just figured he'd drag the whole thing down. That was mean. That was terrible. <laughs> I, I need to go to confession. That was not good. But I do have Dr. Mark Ginter here uh, with me, and, and I've gotten to know uh, Dr. Ginter from working with him. Uh, uh, I, I know you as an intellectual, as a scholar. That's a word that Oh, Mike thank can, you, Deacon Jeff. Yeah, it's great can, being here. Uh, man, welcome. I'm so glad. We'll get you a cup of coffee and get that, you, you officially yeah, yeah, indoctrinated thanks. into the Catholic Cafe. Yeah, it's great to be um, here. And so, uh, you know what I'm also sitting here looking yes. at is I'm looking at a beautiful book. It's a, lo- it's a lovely book. Thank you. Uh, it's hardcover. It's got a, like a red cover. It's got a beautiful picture on it. Uh, and it's called The Spirit of God, That's Short right. Writings on the Holy Spirit. And it's by some guy named Wives Conger. <laughs> so, no, actually, his name is Eve. I'm Eve Congar. Yeah, so I don't do the OP. French very well. No, that's okay. That's that's a great thing. Yeah, so, Not all of us do. I, I'm teasing, but but Eve Conger. Yes, right? Congar. 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 Yeah, we, there we go. Not Conger. <laughs> that's right. No. All right. We're gonna once we get through the name, then I think the, all the other stuff just falls. Oh, in place. it does very easily. <laughs> so uh, you know, I guess what. Uh, Dr. Ginter, what what is uh, where we would maybe start on this? Yes, uh, is who is Eve Congar? Congar, that's great. On the front of the book, you actually see a photo of him, uh-huh. and this photo was taken during a very important event in the 20th century called the Second Vatican Council. Yep. And the reason Congar is so important is because he's actually been called the father of Vatican II. As a theologian, he worked on more documents of the Second Vatican Council than anybody else. He influenced very significantly two important people who came after the council. One is the name of Pope St. John Paul II. Yep, know him. And then there's another one called Pope Benedict XVI. Yep, know him too. Yeah, right. So so Congar had a great influence on both of them during the council. Uh, Carol Wojtyla was bishop uh, of Krakow. And Father Joseph Ratzinger uh, was a co-author with Congar of the decree on missionary activity, Agentes Divinitus. So this is a good guy to listen to, great obviously, because other to. great uh, saintly type people have listened to him, they and have. so much effect on on the writings of the council, and they've had such a profound effect on our church now, and still, exactly. uh, still to come, will have continue to have effect. Congar actually was made a cardinal by Pope Saint John Paul II before wow. Congar died. He died on June twenty second, nineteen ninety five. He was made a cardinal on December 8, 1994. And John Paul had also given that privilege, uh, that honor, to the other person who influenced him most at the council, and that was Henri de Lubac. De Lubac was right. well known, a Jesuit, 
and he had made him a cardinal in the consistory before the one that Congar was made a cardinal of. So that was kind of John Paul's way of thanking these theologians who had such a big impact upon the church and upon him personally at that great event. Well, I'm still waiting on my red hat, but I may be waiting a long time. But, uh, uh, me too. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Congar, I see the OP, so he's a Dominican. He is. Right? Order yes. of Preachers. Now, was he a priest? Was he a, just a Dominican friar? Oh, that's a great question. He, he was a Dominican friar, a priest also of the province of France. Um, so well-known. And he actually started teaching back in 1932. Um, it's very interesting, though, his story. Uh, we may not have time to talk about his entire story, but he was actually a prisoner of war during World wow. War II um, because he was a lieutenant in the French Army or chaplain, right. required to do military service, and he was captured soon after his service began and spent most of the war actually in concentration camps. Wow. Um, eventually, he started out in Kolditz, it was called, a castle, and then um, sent to Lubach because he tried escaping so many times. Wow. And so he was considered... <laughs> what a great of, story. Oh, a, a fantastic story. So those people with those great stories also tend to be the ones that are most robust in terms of their, their what they produce and, That's and, right. and, and being fruitful uh, in the church. And obviously someone who's so involved in, in the council. And, and so I would imagine there's lots of writings of his that have been translated uh, and are available in various languages all over the place. They right? are very well known. Uh, as a matter of fact, maybe in the United States and for some of our listeners, one of the pieces that had a great influence upon a lot of the well-known Protestant converts to Catholicism is a book that Congar did called Tradition and Traditions. Ah. Essentially, it was a way to explain how being Catholic is rooted in the scriptures, but going back to the fathers, everything that we believe concerning sacred tradition is already connected with the scriptures and so over and over again. Uh, the entire sacramental economy, everything concerning the papacy, uh, Congar had explained a very dense and thick volume. Uh, and so you have famous people like uh, Dr. Scott Hahn and, and Patrick Madrid, who actually came together and said, we need to reproduce that. So they did something back in the early 90s. Uh, Basilica Press reproduced tradition and traditions because it had such a great impact on right. their conversion. Well, so that brings us to this particular work in front of me, the Spirit of God, or is it the Spirit of God? You know, it's <laughs> That's great. The Spirit of the Pew. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. You can keep working Sorry. on that one. Okay. <laughs> the Spirit of God, short writings on the Holy Spirit. Yes. Here's the reason why we were motivated to put this together, just uh, very briefly. Uh, Congar wrote his last great works on the Holy Spirit. Mm. Pneumatology actually is the specialization in theology that we yeah, talked about. Yeah, see, the, the Interflap talks about, you know, he was, he was uh, you know, the, the most significant voice in Catholic pneumatology in the 20th century. And I'm thinking, yeah. I've really missed all the pneumatology because I didn't know I even had one. You didn't know you had one, did That's you? That's exactly <laughs> right. And, and certainly the doctor would say, you don't need that. You take right. this medicine, we'll get rid of it. So pneumatology is, comes from two Greek words. Uh, the ology means the study of. Right. And pneuma... We begin with a P. We often make it silent. Pneuma right. uh, is spirit, the Greek word for spirit or breath even or wind. Right. And so it's a specialization in theology that focuses on the study of the Holy Spirit. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, now we know. So when we say pneumatology, that's a good thing. Right. Like Christology. Right. Okay. A lot of people know Christology. So the, and theology. Right. Theology is the study of God. Is that what? Okay. So he, he spent really towards the, ten, the end, his last great works were focused on the Holy Spirit. They were very much focused on the Holy Spirit. And they were actually the result of notes that he had been collecting over decades and decades and decades. And he wanted to revise some of the things he wrote before the council. After the council, as he started reflecting on this and praying on this more, he, he grabbed a hold, especially of St. Irenaeus of Lyon's idea, of the Son and the Spirit being the two hands of the Father. Right. Okay? And so that's what he wanted to bring forward uh, with great uh, vigor. What we did, just real briefly. Who's the we, by the uh, way? Oh, yeah, that's great. I have some colleagues, uh, a couple of them from Canada, Dr. Right. Susan Brown and Dr. Catherine Clifford, because they speak French much better right. than I do. Father Joseph Mueller, who studied in France at the University of Paris, um, is also very well known for his uh, medieval studies. Right. And so when I conceived of the idea of translating these, I needed somebody much more expert than myself in both French and in medieval studies. And uh, so we brought this all together, this team together. Um, we had a few um, knockdown, dragout fights. <laughs> You'll see it about this, uh, about language, etc. You'll see that in the beginning of the book. But nonetheless, I thank my team for being able to pull this together because when the Catholic University of America Press finally said, yes, we want to go with this, they did so with great gusto. They knew and everybody else knew that with Congar's contribution in the 20th century to pneumatology, this was going to be uh, have a great impact upon the um, the scholarly and the popular world. Right. So we're talking to Dr. Mark Ginter, and you were a translator, editor, I guess, on this project uh, of Eve Congar's The Spirit of God, Short Writings on the Holy Spirit. And you pointed out that it's the Catholic University of America Press, right? That's correct. And that's, uh, where would they find this if they well, were interested? Well, you know, if you wanted to go online, you could actually go to a place called Amazon.com. I've heard of that, I, vaguely. Yeah, I thought so. Right, I'm sure some drone will drop it on your head in about right. 10 minutes after you've ordered it. <laughs> close, Soon. real close. So you go to Amazon.com uh, to find it, if you wish. Um, you could also go to HFS Books. Um, but anyhow, Amazon's fast. Uh, right now, it's in hardback, available for only $65. And, uh, that's but after quite, you've sold 50 million of them, then you're going to go to the paperback. Well, see, I, actually, we don't even have to get to 50 million, <laughs> but quite. you're on the right idea. And I want to get to that paperback because that'll be half the price, and we can get that into a lot of people's hands. So let's talk about what's in the book. That's great. What, what, what are these, how is this thing laid out, and, and, and why do I want to read this? I'm so glad you asked. Actually, the first part of the book, there are four parts. The first part of the book is the summary of Congar's three-volume work on the Holy Spirit. The first part's in English, and believe it or not, that first part, all by itself, is still available in French, Italian, and Spanish, and keeps getting reproduced over and over and over right. again. So finally, so it's now, very popular. It's People love this. Popular. It's finally now in English. Well, so as I was perusing it, yes, uh, I found it to be exceptionally um, approachable, yes, easily understood, and just kind of profound in its simplicity. But at the same time, you didn't feel like it was like some light touch. It, you felt like you just like delved into the spirit and answered some of the big questions. That's right. And uh, if there's anything, part of what I wanted to bring forward was the opportunity for people to really have. A personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? And 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 that and that's encouraged in here. Yes. And it's like it's kind of a neat thing because it kind of helps us. Obviously, we had tradition and traditions, and that was helping people sort of defend 
in a way and maybe build up your own faith in your own faith. That's right. But also in in the way this is presented, it helps you not only defend a relationship with the the Holy Spirit, but to encourage a relationship with the Holy Spirit. To to make us hungry, thirsty even, actually, for for this life-giving water. Yes? Oh, amen. And, And to be able to say, we find this nourishment, we find this refreshment in the Holy Catholic Church. And see, that's so beautiful. I mean, we, and we find it, it's so easy to pray. When you want to move a mountain or, or cure cancer, you pray to the Father. Yes. Right? You go to Dad. If you want someone to walk in your grief, right. to walk with you in, right. in, in whatever issue you're, you're dealing with, you, you pray to the Son, right? We don't always pray to the Holy Spirit. Because and yet, what? We're missing a big opportunity there. We are. And the reason I think we don't pray to the Holy Spirit is we're not, we can't quite put in our imagination who this Holy Spirit right. is. I know you said who and not what. That's correct. Because he, he deals with that in here. And oh, he does. This is not a force. That's right. Because so many people have gotten it so wrong. It's kind of like electricity. It's, it's wind. Yes. You know, people have made those connections with like Ruach, you know, that's in the, right. in that's the Hebrew. Right. And, you, and you think like, well, that's, that's, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. It's like, yes and no. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, it's beautifully written to help you understand who this great gift is to you. That's right. And if I can make a little connection, Congar, of course, as we said, had an influence on John Paul II and mm-hmm. Cardinal Ratzinger. He also, it seems to me, uh, was one of those influences behind the catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an image from the catechism, which is, if you will, the flower of what you read here in the first part of Spirit of God. So if you look at the catechism and you go to paragraph uh, 1697. I've got it memorized. Just yeah, go ahead and give it to I, me. I figured that. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't test me. <laughs> 16, 1697. It, this is the third part of the catechism, which, if you know, in 1699 says, life in the Holy Spirit mm. fulfills the vocation of man. But back it up a couple of paragraphs, and it mentions who the Holy Spirit is. The third part is a catechesis of the Holy Spirit, quote, the interior master of life according to Christ. Mm. Now, what we have there is we have a, an image of a mentor, a master, a guide. Wow. Someone who holds our hand and takes us deep into this life in Christ. Someone who will go ahead of us, prepare the way, if you will, almost you know, um, splitting the Red Sea so that we can walk on dry land. Mm. And at the same time, this same person also goes behind us right. to encourage us, to push us, to nudge us in this direction and not in that direction. Also the same one who sits with us, kind of like we're doing right now, and conversing and helping. Consoling. And yes. Yeah. See, right? The counselor, right? Someone who advocates for us so that when we are tossed to and fro by the winds of contemporary society, we know whose voice it is. To whom we should listen. Someone who dwells in our consciences so that when we are bouncing around ideas about what the good, what the true, what the beautiful is, we can hear resonating Mm. clearly the voice of this person who dwells in us. That's powerful stuff. We're talking about the, the writings of, of Eve Kungar, and it's the Spirit of God, short writings on the Holy Spirit. This is Dr. Mark Ginter, who's my guest here, um, and we're going to come back. We've got so much more to talk about right after we take a break, but before we take that break, I want to remind everyone at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
And I do believe the Spirit is speaking to you right now, telling you to come right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Throughout history, Catholics have contributed greatly to the development of society, promoting government based upon justice and the dignity of the human person. One prime example of a great church statesman was Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Born in 1150 in Lincolnshire, England, Stephen studied theology in Paris. His piety and love of God won him the respect of other clerics, including the future Pope Innocent III. He was elevated to Archbishop of Canterbury in 1207. At that time in church history, the books of the Bible were not subdivided. Typically written in scrolls, the only separation would be a space at the end of each line of sacred text. Archbishop Langton divided the books of the Bible into chapters so they could be more easily referenced and studied. These chapter divisions are the ones still used today. With a strong personal devotion to the Holy Spirit, Archbishop Langton is also credited with authoring the prayer, Vini Spiritus Sanctus, or Come Holy Spirit, which is often part of the liturgy at Pentecost. This love of the scriptures and devotion to the Holy Spirit guided Archbishop Langton to have a profound impact upon the development of human rights. At that time in England, there was a great political crisis as the reigning King John had rescinded several of the rights granted to barons by his predecessor, King Henry I. Archbishop Langton led a group of barons in a struggle against the king. Furious with the archbishop's actions, the king declared anyone who followed the archbishop a public enemy. But the clergy of England, as well as the pope, were fully supportive of Archbishop Langton. Several negotiations occurred among the parties to try and secure the rights of barons against the king. Ultimately, in 1215, Archbishop Langton led a council of churchmen in Westminster, which drafted the Magna Carta, the first great statement of individual liberties, which was ultimately signed by King John. This great statement of rights is the forerunner of other codifications of rights, including the Bill of Rights which is part of the American Constitution. Archbishop Langton should serve as an example to Catholics in our modern day to study the scriptures, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and stand up to oppressive governments to protect the rights of all persons. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Mark Ginter. And Dr. Mark Ginter has uh, is, is, uh, got a beautiful book sitting in front of me, uh, Eve Congar's The Spirit of God, Short Writings on the Holy Spirit, available from the Catholic University of America Press. Press. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So what a cool book, and what, a, what, a, what an opportune time to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit. We don't often talk about the Holy Spirit in our in our daily lives. We'll talk about 
the sacraments. We'll talk about making sure little juniors got the first communion or whatever. We'll talk about making sure we get to mass. Yes. We do all those things, but we don't often talk about the spirit. I I want to read one line in here that had an impact on me as I was reading this material. Uh, And it's something that he says. It's it's quite profound. It's a very simple little statement. And he basically says, to speak of the spirit is less important than to live in the spirit. Amen. And I kind of want to get your your take Uh, on that what 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 do you what do you think he was saying when he said those words well you know and what i hadn't mentioned before is congar actually not only was he in the concentration camps during world war ii but he was actually silenced by his superiors during the 1950s wow and so he had to be in exile it was like an internal exile uh where he went to uh jerusalem and he went to cambridge for a while and only by his surprise had pope saint john the 23rd re-instituted um, him in the office of theologian, so to speak, wow. when he read one day, one morning in the newspaper, that he was named a, an apparatus, an expert, for the Second Vatican Council so by John So he obviously read himself. something. He said, why is this guy silenced? <laughs> yes. Because, actually, it was because of Congar's book, right. True and False Reform in the Church, that John the Twenty Third got the idea of a council. A very important book, which... Also, by the way, I had the hand in translating and making sure it got into English. See, this is important. People need to understand that that Yves Congar had such a profound effect on things that we do every day. And so now here he is telling us to live in the spirit versus just to talk about it. Exactly. And the, the motivation behind this book and everything you just read right now is because, unfortunately, sometimes among Roman Catholics... We do forget about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And at Vatican II, he was, he was having lunch one day with two Orthodox observers. And the one observer said, you Catholics don't have the Holy Spirit. Meaning, not that you really don't have the Holy Spirit. Right. But you never speak but about the Holy Spirit. But in those Eastern traditions, they, they, it's, oh, it's very the Trinitarian, pronounced. Right? The, <laughs> right. Trini- the whole Trinitarian consciousness is uppermost right, right. In, the, in the Christian East. And so he accused the Western Church, the Roman Catholic Church, of what's called Christomonism. In other right. words, Christ alone. Right? right? Have we heard that before? We don't need anything but that relationship with Jesus. That's right. And in fact, what Congar is trying to say is you are indwelt by the Holy Trinity, mm. and it's the Holy Spirit who is the gift of the Father through the Son who brings you into this personal relationship with the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit. So that's why he says it's more important. It's necessary for our salvation to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit than it is for us to academically engage in a conversation about who this Holy Spirit is. So you just is said indwelt, and that's going to make me go to another thing that, that oh, impacted me. It is. It's and so good. So it's like he says, how many people do not dwell within themselves? They are swept along in the movement of things, in the superficial reality of miscellaneous events, and the daily routine. Yet within us there is a dimension of eternity and an affinity with the transcendent. Those who know it from experience cannot doubt it, but they feel powerless in demonstrating it to those who are closed to that interior dimension. And so when the when the Holy Spirit indwells, when yes. the Holy Spirit's there yes. in this powerful, yes. impactful part of us, yes. it changes everything. It does. Do you remember the story early in the book? Uh, he's talking to a young man who, at the time, this young man was not a Christian. He's speaking to this young man, and the young man says, you know, I've got a girlfriend. And I was kind of hoping that we could get a little bit more intimate and she said, oh, no, yeah, I'm indwelt. 
Yeah, and yeah. only after this young man's conversion to Catholicism did it. Did, the light bulb went off, and he's right. like, "Oh, I understand now what she means by indwelt." Yeah. So, as Saint Paul says, right in First Corinthians, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means God, God Himself, dwells in us, and so we must act differently towards one another. Not only does God dwell in the church universal or right. the church local, but in us personally. And so Congar spends quite a bit of time talking about how the Holy Spirit dwells in us personally and dwells in us in the church. And see, th- you know, when you say that and God dwells in us and we're temples of the Holy Spirit, these, these, these are beautiful, profound things, which, again, they're not lost on the wisdom of the church because specifically the Holy Spirit, right, has led us into all truth, That's right? right? That's correct. And so it, it informs all these other teachings like theology of the body and yes. how we treat our That's bodies, right. how we interact with That's each right. other. It's like, well, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, so that would be a bad thing to treat our body poorly. You know, that, you know so right. it's just little things like that that are all connected. It does, and it informs, for example, all of Catholic social teaching, right? The way we treat workers, the way we interact in a commercial setting, the way we deal with our uh, spouses, right. uh, our children, how we create policies uh, for the protection of unborn human life, how we take care of the elderly, all of those policies. Right principles, if you will, of Catholic social teaching are the result of focusing and reflecting upon what divine revelation tells us about being this temple of the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, I like the word pondering. Yeah. Because Mary Mary did that. She pondered. And yes, I like to did. ponder, too. I, yeah. I tell you, um, it's just so neat to, to know about this. And we hear about Yves Congar, and we, we see how impactful he was and how important his writings and his connections and all the effect that he had on all these important yes. times in the church in yes. modern history. And someone might be listening going like, okay, this is a guy from the 40s and 50s. Right. It's right. not necessarily relevant anymore. It was really good back then, but does this, is this, is this study or, or, or discovery or uh, reflection upon the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Spirit, is it, is it still important to us today? I, I know the answer, but why is it still no, that's important? A, that's great. Two, two answers why. Uh, Congar gives kind of an insider defense, or excuse me, an outsider defense of the Catholic charismatic renewal. And that renewal, as you might know, is growing dramatically yeah. in parts of Asia, in parts of Africa, Latin America, okay? We might not see it as much here in North America, the English-speaking North America, but in Philippines, etc. So it's still very important what he has to say about the renewal. Second thing is, it seems to me that until we get this Trinitarian consciousness uppermost in our minds as we're celebrating the sacred liturgy, as we're engaged in all the celebrations of the other sacraments, um, we shortchange ourselves mm. on what God really wants to do in our lives. And so it's this relationship with the Holy Spirit who will enliven us, who will be that master of the interior life, who will take us deep into the life in Christ. And that's why we need this. And it's so beautiful. And, and again, I, I think about the term, the, the fullness of God's revelation. I think about the fullness of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right. all three divine persons, right. the one God, and how beautiful that is. And so we're, we're talking to Dr. Mark Ginter about this beautiful book, The Spirit of God, Short Writings on the Holy Spirit, Eve Congar. Dr. Ginter, thank you for spending time with us here in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. <laughs> Deacon Jeff, thank you very much. I look forward to coming back. Oh, we'll have you soon. We'll have you soon, I promise. Before you leave, yeah. we're going to pray to Mary yes, and please. just ask for her intercession. That's, That's right. Hail Mary, full of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.